Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there, the podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. If you fancy 10% off your legal fees and 15% off your conveyancing until the end of September, head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. No Michael Normanson this week, so we've got Rob Conlon. Hello there. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. TSB Plus is on sale now if you want access to every single digital copy of the magazine we've done since 2009. All these podcasts ad-free. Priority access to the match ball after a game, including the live-streamed version of it on YouTube. Uh, You also get our subscriber-only podcast, The Extra Ball, daily email from Moscow with all the essential leads, news, and discounts on our merch at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. Have a look at that. Into the news section now, then, of The Square Ball podcast. And first of all, this happened just after we'd recorded, I think, last week, Patrick Bamford signing a new five-year contract, which takes him through to the ripe old age of 32. Wants to play in the Champions League. Is he going to get it with Leeds? As discussed on uh, Propaganda, not until he sorts his first touch out. (laughs) He might. I mean, it's good to be ambitious. He wants to play in the Champions League. He wants to go to the next World Cup and just wants to keep getting better, which is my point about his first touch. There's still things he can do to to keep progressing. But the good thing about him that I think we were never sure about in the championship at the start was whether he would progress, whether he would get better, whether we were just looking at the the guy who'd kind of been moved around by Chelsea for season after season, never really got started, and Middlesbrough had been a was supposed to be the making of him, and were we only signing him because Victor Orta had no more imagination than Adam Forshaw and Jack Harrison, who had been on loan to Middlesbrough, and now became Jackie and Pat Pamford. First season, his knee kept breaking. That wasn't good. Second season, we were all very tense and he became the target of a lot of our anxiety. Third season, Premier League, absolutely fine. Just keeps getting better and better, doesn't he? So who knows how good he'll be in five years. If he does stay until he's 32, that's around the age that Lee Chapman was just getting to his peak. And I I make this comparison advisedly because Lee Chapman messed around all sorts of clubs. He had a big money move to Arsenal that didn't work out. He went to Sunderland. He went to... Um, he was good at Sheffield Wednesday with Wilkinson. Then he went to France and that was a disaster. Forest and then Leeds. And Leeds, age 32, started getting it together. So maybe that's when he gets us into the uh, the Champions League. It's five years from now. 32-year-old Pat Bamford on an even bigger contract is winning the Champions League. Let's not just play in it. Win the damn thing with Bamford as the uh, spearhead. There is an interesting question around... Bamford's contract and like what do you kind of give him because you've described his progress there Moscow from being a bit of a misfit championship striker to having a good season in the Premier League and then renewing his deal I mean do you give him a top end Premier League deal do you give him a top end championship deal somewhere in between I think like a lot of people the initial reaction was a bit like oh five years that's a long time but I think the point is that he's never had a proper home for more than a year or two so to give him that security I think will hopefully help him continue to improve. And also, it's just protecting his value, isn't it? It might be like two, three years down the line, we think, well, we can sign for a bit more money now, which is fine, I guess. But yeah, he, he's shut a lot of people up at Leeds. And I think Whisk's still allowed to criticise him. You know, he's, he's not perfect. I think we can say that he's perhaps the ideal striker for Marcelo Bielsa without necessarily being the ideal striker. But 
given the, what he did last season, it's hard to fault him really and it's hard to criticise this decision. He's changed the context last season. I think even towards the end of the championship season, there was still that Jean-Kevin Augustin came to take his place and it was between him and Tyler Roberts before lockdown as to who was going to be the main striker. And after lockdown, it was Bamford all the way and he started looking more like the player that we then got in the, the Premier League where that's what I mean about the context has changed. The conversation is no longer, is Bamford good enough? Absolutely he is. But then it's now, it's like, oh, if you could just be a bit better at this. And it's the same kind of conversation with Jackie Harrison where everyone's like, oh, if his, if his final ball could be as good as his first touch, what an incredible player he would be. And we know how much work Harrison puts into getting better. And we know how much work Bamford has been putting into getting better because he was saying about how Bielsa had told him to watch videos of Erling Haaland to learn more about movement and say that's what he wants to do. So even Bamford will accept he is not the finished product. He is not Harry Kane. He's not Lukaku. And the things he can get better at all the way. And that's a very different conversation than what it was that we were having, that he probably wasn't having his own mind, where it was, is he going to be good enough to get Leeds United out of the championship? That was always the big fear. He answered that question. He was. We got up and then... Once we were out of the championship, I was never really worried about him. I didn't want another, I didn't want to replace him for the Premier League. That done, I was like, right, Bamford can be our Premier League striker and I'll be very happy with that. And I will be very happy with that for the next five years, especially if he can keep getting better. If the environment giving him a home, because he did grow up on the streets, you know, from living from bin to bin, if that can help him get even better than he is now, as far as the contract goes, I do wonder if it's kind of whether you make it incentivized. Like, okay, you you got yourself to a level where you're a, a 15 goal striker in the Premier League. If you want the wages of a of a top, he was fourth in the the scoring charts. Do it again. If you want that money, do that every season. Otherwise, nothing. 15 goals or now that would be the contract I would offer him. Uh, that's probably why I'm not running a football club. And we'll see how Leeds United grows around him in due course. In terms of the transfers and stuff, well. We seem to be getting more of an idea about what's happening with the transfer window, which is, yeah, essentially nothing. As the question was posed to Bielsa, are you happy with the squad or is that a financial problem? Well, he seemed, he's happy. It's, they're trying to make the point that the financial problems aren't ours. It's everybody else has got a financial problem because everybody else wants too much money. And there may be something to do with COVID here in that we have taken a big hit. I think Radrizzani has said it's 60 million quid or something, but don't quote me on that. Could be completely wrong, but it's it. Well, Kinnear said tens of tens of millions to us, didn't he, when we spoke to him? So there you go. And every other club has, has felt that, and they're trying to get that money back through selling players, which is the one thing Leeds haven't done. It would have been quite easy to say, well, we're 60 million pound in the hole. Here's a 60 million pound bid for Calvin Phillips. We'll, we'll do that. But other clubs are trying to screw the the fees upwards for players who, in Leeds' view, don't seem to be worth it. And there's a question of, and that is raising the question of whether Leeds can actually afford a player. So Lewis O'Brien is the perfect example of when Phil Hay kind of said financially, there's no reason why Leeds can't do that deal. But it seems like maybe there's a, a principle of we could pay. And I said this, nobody should pay £10 million for anything from Huddersfield. Because it's just not worth it. Apart from the whole of Huddersfield. Yeah, unless you're getting the, the whole town. The town, yeah. Um, and let's not forget, as the road signs on the way in there say, it is a premier town. So somehow, you get a lot of bang for your buck there. It's got a premier in. Nobody should be paying £10 million for anything from Huddersfield. It could be that we really love Lewis O'Brien. Bielsa thinks he's the right player. He's the one we want. But we're just not prepared to pay that much money for that particular player. And I think that's just because you want him doesn't mean you have to pay exactly what's asked you can make the choice of saying well maybe let's not buy him because he's not worth we can get a better better. if we're going to spend 10 million pound on a player and i'm pulling 10 million pound out of nowhere is lewis o'brien the player for 10 million or will there be another player available next summer for 10 million who'll be better so i don't think it's as simple as leads are broke radritzani's potless i also don't think it's as simple as um there's no players out there that we like i i tend to believe bielsa about things because he he doesn't come across as a as a liar. He does obscure the truth when he's talking about injuries and so on. He he, he tends not to like to tell us um, what's going to 
happen when he swings between revealing his entire first 11 and then just not mentioning a player in a press conference and then you realise he's not there. But if you ask him, he'll answer. And the low prices at the moment, he says, are very high. And the good the good players, their prices are inaccessible, so we can't afford Lukaku or Grealish. Even Buendia to Villa, 30 million quid for a championship and Well, it's push, pushing up towards 40, really, isn't it, that thing? So you can see what he means by that. The evidence is there to support him. £50 million for Ben White when we were trying to get him for 30 at the most. What's not logical is that players cost three times as much as the players that we currently have. And that's yeah. it. If it's, you have- it's a fair point, isn't it? It's just not very romantic. I, I hate being pragmatic about football. Although well, what's are- romantic about signing a bunch of over- overpriced players? Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. But we're football fans and we like you know, progressiveness and shiny new toys. But we also like homegrown youngsters coming up through the academy and that at some point the two things collide yeah because yeah, yeah. you've got your 10 million pound kid from Huddersfield who's blocking Lewis Bates who's you know he grew up, <laughs> who's grew up in Wortley <laughs> well we are getting another one at that level by the looks of it uh, Leo Hjelda from um, from Celtic it looks like they've been hanging on on that one until he turns 18 because it just makes things easier in terms of getting him in, into the country getting him drunk and all that yes so that's uh, that's going to get done the new Van Dyke uh, the uh, Ross County manager tipped him to be the new Virgil van Dijk. He said, Leo is going to be the next van Dijk. Trust me on that. So I think the message seems to be that he's, he's going to be the next van Dijk. And, uh, which I'd be happy with because van Dijk is a, is a good footballer. Uh, Ian Perveda, there's um, an enigma wrapped up inside a conundrum, etc. He's gone out to Blackburn on a season-long loan and we gather he obviously has fallen down behind uh, Jimmy Somerville in the, in the pecking order. What do we make of Ian Perveda? He just needs to go and be a footballer, doesn't he? We're speaking now about these young players coming through and we are, we've got a lot of options there and you don't want to be a Chelsea and just just have them sitting there. So, to, And I'm kind of encouraged that Leeds have said he will return next season and he'll be a part of the first team uh, as long as everything goes well. I think it was in- interesting listening to Kinnear talk to you about the problems we face trying to loan players in that clubs want assurances over their playing time. So I'd be interested to know whether Leeds have asked for those assurances from Blackburn because I don't think he can afford to go and Lewis Baker this. Like he needs to go and be good and show that he's a proper footballer who plays football because at the minute he's got a list of amazing clubs on his CV but he's never really played football. But I like him. I think he's a good player. I like his vibe. He he looks like he enjoys playing for Leeds United. He makes playing for Leeds United look as fun as you'd hope it would be. Maybe too much fun. That's uh, (laughs) the big unspoken thing so far is whether he's... uh, whether he's paying a high price for a couple of weeks in Jamaica by spending a year in Blackburn with Tony Mowbray, that'll teach him. Let's see him uh, grind. I mean, on Tony Mowbray. If <laughs> wow, what an image! Uh, see, if I owned a nice flashy car when I was twenty-one, I'd have probably been putting photos of it on the internet if visual social media had even existed back then, which it didn't, sadly. Yeah. But um, it's not a good look, is it? And you get the sense that, given how uh, how much humility is valued. In Bielsa's operation, and you know we've seen that in the latest issue of the Square Ball, the translation of uh, Salim La- Salim Lamrani's book, read in French, reported mm, back to us in English, which yeah. is absolutely wild. Humility, a, a massive value of his, and that sort of shit doesn't go down well when you're showing off your bling bling and you're watching you. You know, it's it's just. But I understand it completely. It's just for us as grown-ups and football fans who. You know, we fork out a lot of money. A lot of people don't have a lot of spare money knocking around. So to have it, it's rubbed in your face. And he probably just doesn't have the awareness of that, that's all. It probably, I mean, there is a big assumption and it's linked to the fact that Leeds didn't go for Saeed Banrama because he posted his holiday video on Instagram. But that was a big production with like drones flying over a villa and it was like he got a film Like a trailer for Love Island. And all that Pervader did, as far as I can tell, was there was like one clip of him on holiday in the Caribbean dancing at a party and that was pretty much I was grinding I think not just dancing it was fully grinding well you know he's getting into the the spirit of it and I don't know if that's necessarily qualitatively different to Calvin Phillips being on holiday with Salt Bay there's still a lot of money I wouldn't be surprised if actually Calvin Phillips holiday to the Middle East was a lot more expensive and a lot more flash than anything pervaded it on a holiday actually we had contact from a an associate of ours, Emma, who is working in the Caribbean and uh, is missing her wedding anniversary with Shane. It's not all sunshine and rum punch. We have been assured of that. And we saw Perveda 
in the gym at the same during the same off season break. The other thing I, I wonder about him is whether he's made himself too top heavy because the bigger problem in preseason, I didn't see somebody whose mind was still on holiday. I just saw somebody who can't beat an Ajax under twenty three left back, and whether this is the changes in his physique that we've seen in him since he came to Leeds from City, maybe his attitude is all wrong. Maybe I mean he has this history from Manchester City of being late to training and trying to get out, and he's been to all these clubs. Maybe there is something in his mind that he's just not applying himself to the football. But I don't think it's as simple as he had a good time on a holiday and now he must, you know, pay go, the price. Live in Lancashire for. However long. It, still, it, still, it still lives over there. That's part of the thing, isn't it? If, if reports are to be believed, he's never moved over. So part of the reason why he's been late for training at Leeds is because, well, you know, anybody who's ever done the M62 at any time of day, night or anything in between, it's a bit of a nightmare but trying Rob's, to get across the Pennines. Rob's point is probably right, is be a footballer for a season, um, play in the championship, take over from Harvey Elliott's role because he's been uh, referenced by Victor Orta that they developed Harvey Elliott very well so he can step into that team. And it's not just about playing, but it's about turning up to training on time, being a first team player. Whereas if you're floating around between the under-23s and the bench and sometimes playing, sometimes not, you're looking for a steadying season from Pervader, aren't you? Where it's like, right, for the next nine months, you are the winger for Blackburn Rovers in the championship. That's your job. Do it every day, do it every week, and then go back to Leeds and see if you're a little bit more focused if indeed that is the problem i'm always wary about you know stories about you don't want to type players and heads and 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 what they're they're doing and stuff and there's needing players to apply themselves but there's also not taking it to the point where they cannot have a nice holiday yeah absolutely a fair point it does feel like it's a long way back for him though because when you go out on loan or you exit leads it's that's it isn't it and there's also just the, the pure development of other players who knew somerville was going to be as good as he he was and if we went back i mean the Tottenham under-23s turned up at Thorpe Arch on Monday with Jack Clark, £10 million of very exciting winger who played an hour, didn't do much and got subbed off. And it's kind of other players do better, you do worse, things happen. And it's not always down to like there's been a huge incident. It's just things happen. And I trust Tony Mowbray with the Inpervader. I like Tony Mowbray. As a, he's, I think he's a got a, a soft spot for Leeds if he's not a fan, and I can uh, imagine him making something of Jan, and I, yeah, also of getting his name right. I've been calling him Ian all along, and his name is Jan. Let's talk Huggins. Huggins to Sunderland. Surprised with this because he came with a fairly decent reputation. I can't remember signing Niall Huggins. I must admit, did we sign him? <laughs> but Bielsa, I, this kind of links with Pervader, I think, because Bielsa spoke about Huggins saying that essentially a young player just reaches a ceiling where they need to play first-team football. They can only get so much out of the 23s to keep progressing. So especially for a guy like Perveda, who they obviously think is talented because they've loaned him out and said he'll be back next season with Huggins. Maybe they think his ceiling is a little lower, I guess. And again, just let him go and be a footballer. I've just uh, checked on his signing for Leeds. Um, It was 2009, just after Heworth had won the under-8s junior, their division. Was he much hyped on his arrival? Followed him right back to the... What's the club's name again? Heworth. How do you spell that? H-E-W-O-R-T-H. That could be Heworth. If it's in the northeast, it could be Heworth. Um, And if he's from there, then Sunderland does make a little bit more sense. Well, he's from York. Mm. So, I mean, it's um, it's always been the way that if you live kind of North Yorkshire where you've got a a limited choice of clubs, Sunderland probably among the worst of them. (laughs) Big club with a little manager. Mm, yeah, he's uh, Lee Johnson is the man there. And Huggins has kind of been trying to big him up. Somebody's got to. That uh, hey. I know um, speaking to the manager here, speaking to Lee Johnson, that Sunderland has the same sort of philosophy that Leeds have. And I know that that's what they thrive off. High energy, high pressing, everything like everything that. Everything like that. So hopefully coming from Leeds will help me do well coming from Marcelo Bielsa's leads, just to add emphasis to what Niall actually said, will help me do well here for Lee Johnson's Sunderland. I think he's going to be absolutely fine. I don't imagine Lee Johnson's going to come up with anything that Marcelo Bielsa's not made him do, unless it's carrying a massive telly to his car that he's nicking uh, to watch something at home. 
was his big thing at Bristol, wasn't it? Well, we uh, talk about young players. Noah Lang, liked by people at the club by the looks of it, perhaps not enough by Marcelo Bielsa or perhaps not at the price that has been touted in this uh, in this particular window. It looks like we have been on the end of Belgian lies. Well, it all got very uh, het up last week about um, Noah Lang, KD's son. And um, it all seemed to come down to this one Belgian clickbait report that was just, there was nothing to it. You're really, really proud of yourself for that, aren't you? For what? (laughs) That joke. joke. I've been constantly craving making it for... uh, I hate you. ...for some time. (laughs) Leeds United have been showing interest in Noah Lang for weeks, but there was no movement in that file. The fans of Club Rouge now seem to fear a departure of the 21-year-old attacker. Noah Lang would have a personal agreement with the Whites. Negotiations between Leeds United and Club Rouge are said to be progressing well. All right, so fans fear he might leave. That's true. I mean, Leeds fans fear that Calvin Phillips might leave. Doesn't mean he's leaving. And then negotiations between Leeds and Bruges are said to be progressing well. By who? Who says? Nobody says. The internet. The internet said. Well, exactly. But that was enough for everybody. Right, Noah Lang is signing. And if he doesn't, it's evidence that Leeds are broke. So why haven't we signed him? I'm going to make a prediction now. We will sign him next summer. What do you think? Is he on the move this uh, in this window at all? Apparently not. That the that's what the report seems to be that he's staying put this summer. So uh, I predict that Victor said, "Look, forget it for now. Sort it next summer." It feels like we're going to be linked to him forever until he joins someone else. Yeah, for like thirty million quid, and he's amazing. But until then, it'll just be every window. Oh, Leeds really like Noah Lang. Leeds talking to Noah Lang. Been the big relief with uh, Matthias Cunha. In a way, isn't it? He's, oh, he's, just, he's signing for Madrid, going to play with DePaul, but just go somewhere to settle this. We need you to make a move, not here, so then we know one way or another and we can kind of put a, a cross through your name and we'll start again with um, somebody else. We're dead pleased to team up with The Athletic again for the 21-22 season to bring you the Square Ball podcast. Every sports story that matters, that's them, not us. There is a brand new offer on for the new season. 50% off an annual subscription, so 30 quid for the year. Theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. Theathletic.com forward slash the square ball for your half price offer. To matters on the field and its crew. Tonight in the League Cup, as we record this, this will come out probably after We've played the game, so you'll know how this one pans out at a sellout Ellen Road. Didn't want to win the Carabao anyway. Nah, not against this uh, footballing powerhouse from Gresty Road. Luke uh, Murphy's hat-trick, though. Amazing, wasn't it? Of Imagine course. if he does. Lukey Millian's coming home, which will be fun for him. He said he's not sure what sort of a reception he's going to get. I think it'll be fine, won't he? Because he's not particularly uh, held in, um, in poor regard or anything. It'll be fine. I like Luke Murphy. It was, not, it was fun when we signed a million-pound player, and it was all very exciting, and he scored that winner against... Brighton and then the rest was pretty forgettable but you know it's fine he did say that he received a really nice reception returning to Ellen Road with Bolton which I was chatting to you Moscow none of us seem to have any recollection of this happening whatsoever. He he came on as a sub for Bolton with about five minutes in the game left and apparently we were nice. I'm Uh, glad he enjoyed it at least. I don't remember anybody being horrible but I think we probably had other things on our mind with five minutes of the game left but don't forget as well the other thing about Murphy, signed for a million but then he took a pay cut to help the club. If we remember, he was one of the few. Sam Byram refused a pay cut, didn't he? That Leeds-hating bastard. So <laughs> if uh, if Sam Byram doesn't uh, get a good reception, Murphy, who is essentially the Gerard Piquet of Leeds United, should um, should be well-received tonight. How do you think it's going to go? I expect us to win that, don't you? Even if we do have uh, half a scratch side out. I hope to win. I think Cups have been really disappointing under Bielsa so far. I'd love to... It sounds daft, but I'd love to win a cup or just get far, get to a semi-final. Or it's something. not, it's not daft. <laughs> um, it probably won't happen. But I mean, watching the 23s yesterday, it was I was kind of encouraged that they generally played the the main 23s team rather than seeing a load of their players out because they were going to play against Crew. Adam Forshaw wasn't involved, so he might be involved with the first team, or he might maybe they be give him broken. an hour, give him an hour or something, or off the bat. I mean, just anything. It'd be in the first team. It'd be a positive for for Forshaw, wouldn't it? So yeah, so hopefully it's a. Uh, a team of senior players, if not kind of the rotation options. For sure, got a nice reception when he warmed up during the Everton game. If we're talking about former midfielders being <laughs> welcomed back by Leeds fans, so that was nice. It would be, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see him and winning a cup. I, th- I feel like people always ask this. I don't know if it's extra time tonight. I assume it goes straight to penalties. Yeah, I think so. Okay, and if we win the Carabao, do we get into Europe? 
Yes, it's the conference league thing, isn't it? Okay, well, we'll take that. The Vox, like, you get a Vauxhall conference, whatever it's called. If we're not going to uh, necessarily finish in the in the qualification places up the league, then playing everybody's like reserve and under 23s teams in the Carabao Cup is kind of a way of cheating your way into Europe, isn't it? So I might, I might even I'm be wrong about it. I might be wrong about that because it feels like Spurs got into that conference league through the league finish. But is that because Man City won the League Cup? Yeah, maybe they did get right. to the finals. Yeah, I think yeah, we'll, it all gets complicated about that, doesn't we'll, it? We'll check it out. Feed it into the algorithm, see what it spits out. Eh? Um, and then on to the weekend and Burnley back to Turf Moor in the Premier League on Sunday afternoon. What do you reckon? I love the fact that Burnley have already this season, this is the most Sean Dykes thing ever, played shirts number 1-11 to 11 in a 4-4-2 formation already this season. That's It's just absolutely Burnley. It's keeping uh, football alive. We haven't got um, any audio from Sean Dyche previewing this one, do we? We do have... Uh, should get some afterwards though, hopefully. It does seem to be... This is the tough season for Burnley from what people are predicting because they've not made any signings. They've been linked to that, that Maxwell Cornet, who we were uh, supposed to be after at one point, left-sided player. They have got rid of Bailey Pincock Farrell as well, which should help them in this game. Uh, well, mind, mind you, mind you, Moscow, <laughs> talk about your hero, your boy. It's helping Sheffield Wednesday, who are yet to concede a goal with him in nets, and he saved a penalty at the weekend as well. Which, I know we saw, we saw him save a penalty against Reading at Hunt Road, so he's okay at penalties. But um, yeah, clean sheets, Farrell is absolutely tearing up League One. Kiko Kassir kept a clean sheet on his Elche debut and then we saw what happened in the second game. So just give it time. Yeah, it's probably only a matter of time. They they are naming um, two goalkeepers on the bench at the moment at Burnley because they don't have enough players. This is the thing. Apparently it's a decent first team, 1-11, to 11, even down to the shirts. But getting through the season and uh, Ben Mee said that when they played against Brighton, they started looking leggy towards the end of the match. And it was the same. They were okay against Liverpool. But then... They ran out of steam. Which encourages me. That encourages me, Moscow. Well, if you listen to Joe Cole, we also have that problem in the last 20 minutes of games, don't we? So let's not count our chickens, but I feel like we can absolutely obliterate Burnley. I hope we do. I hope it's a repeat of what happened there towards the back end of last season. And you wonder, have maybe the wheels just come off that whole thing a little bit? Because they've not really ever kicked on, have they? They just sort of swim around in that bottom third just existing I mean they did alright actually was it the season before we came up or the one before that they finished about 7th or something mad didn't they but they've kind of had the little bubble and then never built on it and then they've got this American takeover or whatever it is that seems to be a leveraged debt type takeover you just wonder where all this ends up probably the EFL it is looking at that 11 you just think what what is the point of staying in the Premier League if that if you're just going to keep this 11 of Pope and Loughton and me and Ashley Westwood, it's just so... Taylor and Woods. <laughs> Vidra, pathetic, all of them. There is, um, looking at some of the articles about them lately, The Athletic had one about Turf Moor, which is where we are playing this match and how season by season they are winning fewer and fewer games and there's like a big drop-off last season. So their home form is nothing to really be frightened of anymore. And once that's gone... I don't know what they're left with. And yeah, the new American owners don't seem to be really able to get their head around the, the transfer market. Although Sean Dyche also seems to be the a bit of a problem where they keep coming up with good players, getting them to the point where they could sign them. And then you kind of, no, I don't want them. Yeah. Obviously, that yeah. would have been better if we had the actual audio from him himself when we can do... Um, with an impression. But yeah, yeah, impressions are not uh, not anything we want to get a reputation for on this podcast but what are they ever going to do? Because the style of play, long balls, crosses, this is all whoscored.com now have the data for us. Their strengths are aerial duels. That's it. That's them. And they've got loads of weaknesses. Look at their very weeks, which is defending against attacks down the wings, which is basically what we do. Mm. And avoiding offside is also very weak as well. Uh, Chris Wood probably just can't be asked moving, can't he? Or so they, stand here and cross it. They hit, hit their strikers early by the looks of it with direct balls. Uh, that's, that's as close as you're going to get to football analysis from me. And that's the thing. If you sack Sean Dyche or he leaves and you take you put another manager in there, say Mikel Arteta on his way out of Arsenal, what are they going to do with that squad? And then they haven't got any money to buy any other players either. So it feels like they are doomed to play 1-11, 4-4-2 forever. I think perhaps... Deitch will get sacked by Burnley this season. He'll end up at Sheffield United. 
or a championship club that's recently been relegated from uh, from the Premier League and they're the likeliest candidate because they've started off really, really badly. Mm. And then who goes in at Turf Moor? Allardyce? Probably, yeah. Pulis. Mm. Yeah, Mark he's been Hughes, one of those. Oh, Mark Hughes would be, especially mm. because then there's the whole uh, Blackburn thing, isn't <laughs> there? So that'll be, I remember when, um, was it Owen Coyle went from Black? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Went to Bolton or vice versa, and people didn't like that, so I can only imagine if we go from Blackburn to Burnley, even if it is years apart. Never mind turf more, turf war. <laughs> what is it good for? So we'll beat Burnley, and that'll be fine. Because we, we need a will, win in the league. Will we beat Burnley, Rob? Yeah, we took the piss there last season, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We'll do the same again. That'd be fine. You think? Yeah, 2-0, easy. Nice and comfortable. I, I'm i going to say 3-0. I think we get three. Mm-hmm. I think Rafinha continues his scoring streak. Who else is going to score? It's about time Paddy got one, isn't it? Yeah, and he hates B-teams in Lancashire. We know this Blackburn Bolton always been his victims. Who's getting the other one? The ghost of Alioski. Maybe know. Junior Furpo gets off the mark. Yeah, so to I think, kind of pay tribute. Yeah, there's some sort of there's some sort of random random score are going to happen. It's not going to be one of the obvious ones. Maybe it is a bit of an obvious one, but maybe click because if anybody is going to do a celebration and go running to the fans, going as a tribute to his uh, fallen former teammate, it's him. So that's what I'd like to see. He can score the fourth and celebrate with a real shit house Alioski tribute. So crew at home in the League Cup, victory, Burnley away in the Premier League. Uh, on Sunday, victory. Six points then. Good. <laughs> Pleased about that. The show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, so we'll do you 10% off your legal fees. And there's a very special offer on at the minute as well. If you're moving house, buying a house, that's an exciting thing, isn't it, Michael? It is. Um, stressful, but but good. You ever bought a house, Moscow? No. Let's not talk to you then. Uh, 15% <laughs> discount available on all conveyancing instructions received up to September 2021, and that 10% remains off on all other services. Just go through us. Hit our landing page, give Levi's a ring, mention the square ball, and they will sort you out. It's levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Into the third and final part of the show now, which is heroes and villains. Uh, we'll deal with uh, the good and the bad in due course. First of all, we need to speak to somebody. We've we've got a gentleman waiting for us uh, on the line. I think he's going to shout at us, I know, isn't he? This, this, this is going to be a little bit uncomfortable. We're welcome to, to Heroes and Villains, um, Mr. Andrew Hughes. Afternoon, gentlemen, or morning, however you want to say it, yeah. What are you changing and why are you changing something that means so much to me, with all the fans treating you? Come on. Uh, we just felt, our listeners felt, sorry. Yes. Definitely our <laughs> listeners felt. Okay. It was time to, to rename. I think we got caught up in the emotion of Berardi leaving. Mm, um, it was the West Brom game. People were crying. Yeah. Children in tears. Mothers weeping. Oh. Um, and what can we say? You're a distant memory now. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind comes to uh, fruition. <laughs> how, how do you feel about what we've done? What, what our listeners have done? In the first place, to have that uh, recognition as the hero of the week uh, was touching 
So even the fact that I've got some sort of distant, how can I say, connection with the fans and the Hero of the Week Award, uh, listen, you know I love your your podcast and what you do with your magazine. So listen, it's football, things move on. Uh, better players, better heroes move on and it's different times. So I've got no problem whatsoever. Um, give it to uh, give it to uh, Andrew Garadi. <laughs> how, how do you feel about Gitano Baradi then, as as a player and what he did for Leeds? I love it. I, listen, I I I, I love him uh, like I do all Leeds players that do as much as they can for the shirt, know the limits, but they get the best out of the limits. But not only that, what he did was he embodied the spirit of the club. He seemed to support players that weren't there. And um, when he was out of the team, he was as strong as as can be. You know, I know Gary Monk and Beats worked with him, and they couldn't speak highly enough of him. Uh, obviously, I played against him with when I was at Huddersfield with my team, so I know what core character he is. And um, it was a shame, really, that he didn't really um, see the season out with his knee injury. But I think the best part was that I think the manager knew his connection uh, and his identity to the club and the fans, and probably the staff. He earned his, you know, his Premier League debut uh, after, you know, after the uh, the year of hell that he went through. So we all know what uh, an amazing journey that club's been on the last few years. And um, I think it's fair to say that Mr. Berardi uh, deserves all the recognition he gets. And uh, yeah, for me, why not? So do you hand the baton over willingly then? It's, it's a, a gift you're happy to bestow. It is, but what are you going to do about... Isn't there any special awards like for Norman Hunter, for Jack, you know, for things like this? I mean, I know we have, you know, me and and, and Berardi, but, you know, you're talking like, I mean, them guys, I mean, I speak to Paul Reaney all the time to check he's okay. I went for a walk with him in Nairsborough. And do you know when you walk and talk with someone? So I met, I met up with him in the airport, you're like, just to check he's all right? Do you know, I sat there and you know when you just listen to him and you listen to how many games he's played and what he's done and what he did and he, he was telling me stories about Jack, I was blown away by him. Blown away, like literally blown away. He was telling me about the England caps, why he didn't get in the team, how he used to look after Jack's money and appearances and it was just like, you know, it, t- it t- touches you, you know, that era of that team. So I've just gone off on something completely different now. <laughs> it took Most- you know I am so it is what it is I'm on to you guys just talk to me let's talk ask questions it touches lots of different people different eras and I think people of the modern generation they didn't see Paul Reaney playing there's a way of appreciating him and his kind of his legend goes beyond a, a silly entry on a a, a podcast but this yeah, is kind no, of I get, a, the, I get um, that. this is something that the uh, people from the Snapchat generation is that your generation? This is kind of the way we we uh, we pay tribute to the the lads from League One from the Championship coming up that yeah. way, and it's funny the way uh, you know nobody's going to forget Paul Reaney. But then when we were looking through all the answers about whether we should change the name of the the Hero Award, everybody wanted to write something down to say, look, we think maybe it's time to change it, but. We cannot forget what Andrew Hughes did for the the football club, and this is with a, oh, yeah. a heavy heart that we're we're making this decision. So we don't we don't want you to think anybody is being forgotten just because uh, things things move on. No, it's fine. It's fine. And how are you guys? How is everyone? I've, obviously, I'm always following the games and the results and your podcasts and your Twitter feed and your magazine. So I'm always you know I'm always following you guys. It's been a good start uh, good start to the season in terms of Saturday. Obviously, United was United, but. You know, I watched the game. I watched bits of the game Saturday, and I thought the intensity, everything. It was a proper performance. It was great to have the fans back, wasn't it? That was it. It was just amazing to be back in there. Um, a couple of tears were shed. I think a lot of looking straight ahead and not the people next to you when we were inside the stadium. Yeah, I bet. I bet it was emotional. I bet it was. What, what's it like when you're on that pitch and everyone and you, you've got a full house singing, um, marching on together? Um, so, how can I describe it? You sort of go through your career as a player player or as a fan and you play at different clubs and you have different fans but there's something about Ellen Road even you know like under the night under the lights as well but there's something about a Saturday at Ellen Road with them fans and it just turns into like a holy trinity of church of noise of fear of power it's just different it's just different and I've seen other environments and been lucky enough to coach and play and been different stadiums but nothing is like Ellen Road and nothing is like Leeds United. Still one of the biggest clubs in the world for me. And now 
you can you can see the attraction that the managers and the club and the players are building, and it's uh, it is awesome. But that feeling, you know, I was lucky enough to go last year when there was no one there, and you get to see the detail and what everyone's shouting. But my God, like I cannot wait for some of the big teams or teams that are not as big as us to turn up to Allen Road this year and really hear them fans. And the way the way they play as well. I like that you're still referring to us as us with a Norwich badge on your tip. Because I'm working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, to, be fair to, to Norwich, brilliant, unbelievable club. Manager's great. Sporting director's an absolute genius. Have you found the statue for Becchio? Is that there? Is the, the warm euro? Seen Luciano's, I might have to go to the North Norfolk coast. He might have one in Yarmouth. It might be in Yarmouth. I'll have a little trip up there. But yeah, no, fabulous club. Um, you know, really enjoying my work here. So a few Leeds fans here as well. Leeds fans everywhere. Hey, listen, just to close it out on the um, on the award thing, Andrew, it was put to us by one of our listeners, LUFC Max, suggested that we don't have stands to name here, but we do have mic stands. So we could start to christen the mic stands. You could have a mic stand named after you if you want, and then we can put it out to our listeners to decide the uh, rightful holders of the other mic stands. So you will definitely be part of the furniture still if you fancy it. Yeah, you'll do for me. Listen, I'm always part of your furniture, you guys. Yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) That'd be great. Uh, Well, Husey, we'll let you get to training. Thanks so much. Can we speak to you again sometime properly? You can always speak to me. You can always speak to me. Um, I'm always here. I'll always make time for you guys. And um, what's what's your... um, Project today, then we'll go and watch your what you're talking about this week. Just the rest of it. It's just uh, where we do propaganda, where we listen to fans of the other club, which will be uh, Scousers, which I know you'd be fond of as a mank. And then um, we've got the rest of this show. So it's just going over the news and previewing the weekend and um, awarding this award. And even previewing tonight, because talking about the atmosphere at Elland Road, crew, Carabao Cup first round sold out. Phenomenal. Do you know what? Crew actually try and play. Now, now if I'm a League One, League Two club, I'd try to come to Ellen Road and play. And it just shows you Tuesday night, crew. What does that say about the City of Leeds and the fans? It just says it's just, but you know, football and rugby. It's just passionate sport. People that are just mad for the togetherness of Leeds. And there's so many different words to say about it, but that is sensational. I mean, uh, Norwich, we've got uh, Bournemouth tonight, which is a bit of a tricky game. But yeah, definitely tonight, crew. Be interesting to see how many changes he makes. Uh, I'd like to see a few of the young lads play. I'd like to see Charlie Creswell play. Um, I know a few played in the 23s yesterday. And was it Gelder? Did he score a couple of goals yesterday? Yeah, I think I don't know if he scored, but they were good against Spurs and then got into a fight and lost. So the perfect oh. game. <laughs> well, all right, then, yeah. Uh, no, it'd be good. But look, the other flip side of it is that you always want to win your first game. You need to get that first win of the season. Whatever level, whatever league, you want to win. You want to win a home game, and you know that'll breed confidence. I'm sure. And as footballers, the more games you play, the more match fitness you become. The better. Yeah, definitely. Be a good game tonight. Be a good game. Fingers crossed, Husey. Thanks a million. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks for everything you do. Love, loving your work as usual. See you later. Well, that was exciting, wasn't it? Speaking to Hughes' dog. It does tell us that we cannot change the name of the Ken Bates Villain Award because I don't want him. On the Zoom call, shouting at us. Frankly, I'll take it from Husey. Not so keen on hearing from Bates. So I think we should. We'll we'll, we'll get into this maybe in subsequent weeks, naming the mic stands in here. But Andy Hughes should definitely have one. I think that that's have to be. He can have anything he wants, can't he? Apart from the Hero of the Week award, which we will do in a minute or two after the Ken Bates Villain of the Week award uh, nominations, please. And these came from our feedback uh, as part of the feedback process for propaganda we also ask for nominations for heroes and villains villainy richarlison and mina all very straightforward i mean we've got quite a lot of evertonians here and everton themselves so let's get through it who have we got well most of the everton team um and they're very much the ones you would expect richarlison richarlison actually got more attention than yerry mina which I was quite surprised about but i think it says something about you know yerry mina was kind of a he was doing things, wasn't he? Where he was tickling um, Bamford. Chris R said about Yerry Mina that he's an absolute melt for a bloke built like a brick shit house. He moaned like a thirteen-year-old girl or game. Um, what's the opposite of a brick shit house? Asks Paul. A shit brick house. <laughs> Whatever it is, he's it the prick. But then Richarlison, I think, because Richarlison was all about diving and crying rather than trying to fight Bamford. Nathan, just cheer the fuck up, mate. That's what his message to him. 
Uh, Chris called him a moaning wanker. Not uh, DePaul called him a diving scumbag. Jack, that he's a big diving prick of a baby with shit hair. Mm-hmm. And Lee, that he made Tom Daly's medal at the Olympics look bad. And did uh, sweet shit all. Calls, well. calls him a bellend as well. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Whereas um, when it comes down to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Annabella's son, the former singer of Bow Wow Wow. Um, Again, you he modernised YouTube generation. It's just uh, Lee points out he's celebrating and pointing to his name. Um, was brave, actually. So even though he's nominating him as a villain, I'm not admiring him. What, what was the what was the point? What sort of an angle was he trying to work there by pointing to his own name? We know what he's called. Showing us isn't going to. He's not. There's no new information there, is there? There's no. There's no moral high ground to be had by saying this is my name. I scored a goal. We, we were talking before about players showing off their ostentatious wealth. You showing how much it costs to have Calvert Lewin printed on the back of a shirt. So I, I piss that kind of money. That's what he was saying. I think it's just a single cost now for names and numbers. You know, you just pay a flat cost. It's not per letter like it used to be anymore. Well, then I withdraw the accusation. <laughs> Still <laughs> a prick. Decure uh, got a mention. Yeah, for being good, Jacob. I think we'll end up buying him because his name sounds like the core. And he also played for Everton and was French and a midfielder. So I don't know why we haven't bought him yet. Uh, Everton, to throw a blanket over them, uh, Aiden picked up on uh, and them as a club as a concept for not letting us score first and not letting us win, which has always felt unfair. But mm. I absolutely loved being back, but would have loved us to score the first goal back. So and I, uh, gone on kicked on from that point. I have a problem with Everton as well. It kind of went under the radar, but they tried um, mind games by signing Andy Lonergan on the eve of the game because apparently they've got a goalkeeper crisis, which I don't know how signing Andy Lonergan has ever solved the goalkeeper <laughs> crisis, but they didn't even put him on the bench. After all that, they had uh, Begovic was there. So it was like kind of a, a false flag operation. Everyone signs Andy Lonergan now, don't they? He's like the new Stuart Taylor. He just does a, a stint at every club in the country. Well, he did two with us. Pretty lazy as well. I oh, wonder I as well it. if Benitez is trying to wind up Everton fans by bringing in a, an ex-Liverpool <laughs> player and he was the best one he could find. Tangentially connected to Everton, but Leon Osman uh, was picked out by Baps McGinty for being a nasal, whiny, passive-aggressive, one-eyed, hackneyed bullshit commentary on uh, on Astra Sports. Has he learnt Bielsa's name yet? Because it was Marco Bielsa last year, Oh, it? it was him who was doing that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I wonder if he's learnt it yet. Of course it was. Uh, away from Everton. Is that all the Evertonians? Yeah, I think it is. Isn't yeah. It? Um, so robots have been uh, have been picked out before they enslave the human race. What have they been up to? Yeah, the new bar arrangements at Elland Road haven't gone down very well. So contactless bar and also uh, specifically Ryan Oddie mentions the stand up for running out of Amstel before kickoff. I don't know how your touch screens really solve that problem. Maybe the, the te- they're so close. We've got all the technology. What's the solution? We can we can lump VAR in with this as well because uh, they got a penalty by VAR and we were denied a penalty when they should have gone to VAR. So that little robot that lives by the tunnel, what as yeah. you called him, number Johnny Five. Johnny Five, yes, yeah, Sazzy slash uh, Wally. Sazzy had a go at the ref for missing two pens. And uh, the Premier League, I suppose that ties in with the Premier League anthem that Dom brought up because we had to uh, stop playing, marching on together, so that the Premier League anthem could be played but I didn't actually notice that because we were singing marching on together too loud so I still don't I wouldn't know the Premier League anthem if you played it to me now do you know what? I'm going to listen to that when I get out of here because I don't even know what that sounds like I, did, I knew it was a thing I think conceptually but I've never heard it and you know the uh, they're trying to be like the champions we know they? the story about Erling Haaland and his <laughs> uh, alarm clock it plays the Champions League anthem to wake him up in the morning it's part of his Absolutely engrossing weirdness is that, uh, yeah, that's his wake-up call. Ding, who is an angry gentleman by the looks of it. If you've listened to propaganda, laying into Moscow for all sorts of things, hated the flags, thought they were a terrible idea. Well, no, he's actually nominated, to be to be fair, whoever thought the flags were a good idea. And I think because he thinks I thought the flags were a good idea, that's it's basically me that's, fair, fair point. that's nominated there. And yeah, there are a few kind of abstract ones. Ryan uh, nominated Mother Nature. Yeah. The rain. Um, I don't know how we how we deal with that. There, I mean, there was some insane rain going on on the way to the ground on uh, Saturday. It wasn't good. I walked through it. Yeah, because I have a foolish um, idea of walking an hour to matches, and um, just as I was setting off was just when it was started raining. So that was good. Well, if it's any consolation, it took me an hour and a half to get from home, which is ten miles away, to 
here, the studio, which is within, it's just off Ellen Road, within spitting distance of the ground, ended up going into town, then back out on the motorway, and then tried to get up the beastern part of Ellen Road. And it took me, I think it was 45 minutes to do about a quarter of a mile. Were you walking? No. I was well, then in, what are you moaning about? I was in the car. I, I Sounds just went, fine. Great to say, we, we both experienced hardship. If you say so. We all experienced um, Liam Cooper, who Ryan nominated to move into uh, turning the aim upon ourselves. Ryan likes him as a person, but not as a footballer <laughs> at this level. And Tom Cool and Peter V from Leafy Suffy. Suffy? Suffy. Is that near Surrey? Leary Suffy, Leafy Surrey. Peter. Uh, they're nominating, I can't speak anymore, Rafinha. Uh-huh. There's a villain, the Raf- villain of the day. The Rafinha guy who, from Leafy Surrey. He scored the brilliant goal for us. Um, Peter says, uh, yes, our best player, um, but if Hernandez in his day had had the ball as much as him, we would have won that game easily. He was involved in both goals, again, is a good thing, but too often tried to do everything uh, and to shoot himself. No real killer balls to teammates, no spotting the runs of others. Too inclined to prove himself the superhero that he forgot side before self. He needs to be less selfish or do others need to get up to his high standards? All said, I wouldn't want to be without. It, it changes think, a little bit. I, I, think, I think the two are probably related in that he might be frustrated by teammates or whatever. And perhaps he's a little bit selfish, but Christ, he's a good player. So leave him be, Peter. Well, I mean, I am going to slightly... I'm just going to skip forward now to the Katana Barati Hero of the Week Award because the first nomination is Rafinha. Peter from Leafy Surrey says, uh, the best Leeds player on the pitch involved in both goals. So I think Peter and Rafinha have a complicated relationship that maybe needs uh, needs working out um, in and off the We'll, we'll get on to the, the Hero of the Week award then in a sec. Who's, who's, your, uh, who's your villain? What are you feeling, Rob? I mean, I was going to say Richarlison. He seems like the obvious choice. But I mean, he was kind of crap because all he did was moan at the ref, which was good in a way. And I also appreciated him for just having someone to shout at on the return to Ellen Road. That was nice to have a, a big pantomime villain. Mm. I mean, Leon Osman's name's made me angry, even though I, don't, I didn't even listen to his commentary. So I'm, I'm all for that. But Rich Allison's my front runner. Yeah, I, I also I was quite grateful for everything that Rich Allison and Mina and Calvert-Lewin did because it helped the atmosphere. It was great that they didn't just turn up and be bland. So I don't know what to do about them. Oh, it's not a good one, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with having a pantomime villain. You might like having them there. A pantomime villain is a good character to have. Well, yeah, exactly. So, oh, well, I suppose this is a villainy award. Yeah. Right, okay. If it's the Ken Bates Pantomime Villain of the Week <laughs> Award, it's Yeri Mina all day long. He even looks like one. You could picture him in a, like a Christmas... A dame's like, outfit. ...amateur dramatics <laughs> production striding across the stage as a, as a pantomime villain because he's, he's, a, he's a handsome chap. I say he looks... He's got that kind of like actor look about him, but he always playing the bad guys. You can never be um, a hero. So, th- yeah, I think this award is made for Yerry Mina, isn't it? Happy with that then, Rob? Will you go along with that? I'll go along with that. Yeah, it's fine. It's nice to hate people again, isn't it? Let's do the Gitano Berardi. Uh, definitely crowned the Gitano Berardi Hero of the Week Award. We now have the blessing of, uh, of Hughes Dog. So, uh, Rafinha was mentioned there by Peter from Leafy Surrey. Others also picked him out. Mike, Paul, Baps McGinty returning again with Ding. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting the contrast between Peter nominating him as a, a villain um, because he uh, doesn't understand or he forgot side before self. And then Mike says that without this angry man, we wouldn't have got the point from Saturday. He embodies the real grit of what it's like to play for Leeds. So it's fair to say there are um, there are different viewpoints when it comes to Rafinha, aren't they? But the goal was good. Uh, Mateus Click got a nomination. Uh, understated, I thought click so far this season but really effective he's, uh, it looks like he's kind of got his um, his form back somewhat it's nice having click back for buzzing around and linking up our attacking play says Jacob for a lovely finish as well and for being back to fitness I like Mateus click and so do I I agree with Jacob on yeah. that one Nathan also uh, getting behind clicky the dink over the goal the, the, <laughs> the, the, go for it I was about to bring this up because uh, Michael Weedock the old LETV commentator couldn't say dink He'd always say dick. Um, there's several instances of, of him saying he's uh, he's dicked that ball out wide when he's trying to say it's been dinked. But we heard from an Everton fan in propaganda complaining that Calvert-Lewin didn't dink. And what was great about Click's goal, he dinked it and beat the England goalkeeper with a dink. And maybe we're all worried about Rodrigo and, you know, is he going to be the right player in that position? Just play Click. He'll be fine. Dinking balls all over the place. 
Uh, one of the cowboys alongside him was Calvin in midfield, and he's been picked out as a hero. Tom called Jack Ryan, all praising him. Uh, Ryan said he was working his uh, his bollocks off, battling them off. Sorry, and Jack in particular enjoyed the flooring of uh, Richarlison to make him look like a right dink. It was yeah, it was great. Off the ball, shoulder charge, put Richarlison on the floor. Not bothered. What are you going to do about that referee? You no, know, it it wasn't. Um, of the level that anybody checking VAR or anything would say, oh, you need to do something about that. That was terrible. It was just, I'm going to stop you from running um, near the ball. And while I do it, I'm going to make sure you fall over because it's pretty easy. Uh, Shackleton got a couple of nominations. Ryan and Tom on that. Other midfielders, Dallas as well. Just for being Dallas, said Ryan, which is a fair point. I think we all understand what that means now as a, as a concept. Dallas was really good. It was reassuring to be back at Ellen Road and watch Stuart Dallas just do everything right and watch Click be really good. It was nice to see those people that we've trusted on for so long just be the same, just be great. The ground staff got picked out as well for making the pitch look good and it stood up very well in the wake of that uh, Mother Nature inflicted downpour. Eh, I mean, £2 million, you want it to be a bit dry, <laughs> don't you? Did you notice that they got the sprinklers on at half-time? I thought, oh, fair enough. You, re- you really want this as a slick surface, don't you? I mean, that's a... That ball's going to move on that surface. But it did. It looked really, really good, I have to say. Seriously. Like a carpet. And it stood up well. As, uh, as did the fans. There's a lot of nominations for the supporters um, coming back. Sazzy points out that Premier Sport uh, started to turn the microphones down for Pickford's goal kicks, <laughs> which is gas, says our um, Irish correspondent. And yeah, Chris, first time he was in actual tears. At Elland Road, Aiden, it was emotional for several reasons. Um, Piss went through, but didn't care at all. And uh, yeah, lots of nominations for the fans. Did you did you have a moment, Rob? I was actually all right. I was worried. Uh, I did think I might be uh, needing some tissues around marching on together. But no, it was fine. I think having the pantomime villains to have some anger and fury at sort of distracted me from that, which I'm, I'm fine with. That was good. The emotion can be provided by uh, another nominee, which uh, Eric in Phoenix, Arizona, didn't have anything for feedback, didn't nominate any villains. This is purely to get uh, Robin Cock in as a hero for um, organising a charity football match that raised 750,000 euros for the flood relief in Germany, in uh, Northern Rhine-Westphalia areas, which uh, um, there hasn't been much made of this. Eric is absolutely right that uh, Robin's done a a beautiful thing. He spent uh, his entire youth in Trier. There was an interviewing kicker with Robin Cock about this and played long years there. It's my home. He first heard about the flood disaster in the news and then um, he he really wanted to help. And part of the sacrifice, he couldn't play in the game because it happened in pre-season. He couldn't go over there to help. So from a distance from Leeds, he coordinated and organised this charity match with loads of former players and celebrities playing in that and raised a, a Big load of money and did a really great job. So even if you cannot mark Bruno Fernandes, you can only hold that against Robin for, for so long. I'd like to give this award to the fans this week. I don't well, know what we you think. We've still got a nomination for Cats. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't feel like they're in real contention for this, but it's go a, on, I'll, I'll hear you out. It's a, a Spurs fan, again in America, um, posting on Reddit, has a Cats that has no interest in football unless Leeds are playing. Um, they've discovered this over the last two games that it is absolutely wrapped attention. Naps at half time and then comes back for the second half. So that's good, isn't it? A bit like it? me. <laughs> so American cats are uh, are finding themselves in love with Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds United. The uh, the correspondent is trying to find out where they can find their cats. Who the name is never given. Somebody in the comments suggested uh, renaming it Junior Furpo. Very good. Very good for a, a cat name. Looking for a little kit. For it to wear a little Leeds United kit, a cat kit, a cat kit, like. yeah, which is uh, kit for a cat. If Angus Kinnear is uh, is listening, I imagine he'll be race sprinting down the corridors. <laughs> We're going to be millionaires, lads, <laughs> if we start dressing American cats. But that's uh, it's always good to hear about new Leeds fans, and I think if we can move into a new species, sell them all, corner the market, crypt- sell cryptocurrency to the lot of them, crypto. Capsa. Cat- I know, I'm doing the same yeah, thing. it's yeah. not going to work. But yeah, we're probably going to give it to fans rather than cats, aren't we? I think so, because fans provided all the real emotional moments, whether you're in the stadium or you were following it on socials or watched the video or whatever. Like, daft things like the photo of all the fans huddled under the Lowfields tunnel in the rain, the bloke munching his chips <laughs> in the phone box, 
the flags being waved, sorry, Ding, just the, the visual spectacle of being back there. I think it was really important to kind of to commit those all to the record because we missed it for so long and it was such an important day in that regard. So fans, they're having it, are they having it? Yeah. Congratulations. If you're a fan, you have won <laughs> an award, aren't you lucky? So go back, have a listen to Propaganda if you've not uh, checked that one out yet. That's available on our audio and YouTube feeds, which is very exciting. Please do subscribe. It helps us to, to pay the bills and, and so on and so forth. And um, TSB Plus, if you want to go all in with us, the squareball.net forward slash plus for that, if you want to uh, get plus, which is all the ad-free podcasts and all the stuff I mentioned at the start of the podcast. Uh, so we'll be back. Now's a good time to tell people as well, you get discount on a subscription to the paper magazine. Once you're a TSB Plus subscriber, that is available to you. Which actually it's already, we, we end up selling it a loss, don't we, because of that? Yes, we do. It's all it's already cheap, and then that discount makes it so cheap that we actually lose money um, <laughs> on the magazine. But that's how anxious we are for people to enjoy this wonderful. I mean, look at Joe Gamble's done that picture of Celine Lamrani. If that will show up in focus, who even knows? Uh, the only way to see it properly to buy it or, or to look on YouTube. You can see that. On YouTube. Oh, it may be out of focus. We'll blur it and then people won't, can't just read the magazine off the screen. That wraps it up for this week then on the Square Ball podcast. Uh, no match ball and follow-ups for, for crew because a couple of us are missing the game. However, we apologise for that. We'll return. Uh, full service resumed at the weekend. Thanks for checking out this one. We'll see you in a bit. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. 